Is that okay? Was it okay? The storytelling okay? No. I think I wrapped up, but I don't know. Megan's got me a little skittish. She's like, are you done? Is that it? Is that all? Have you made a decision about your business? Is this just a hobby or are you actually in business? Are you in business to make some money? <laughs> if you're just joining me, my name is Brad Hogan. I'm talking about business acumen and risking it all, what it takes to succeed. Today, specifically, just talking a little bit about failing your way to success and the art of scrappiness, what it takes to get there. The first thing we've got to decide, you know, after the mindset and figuring out exactly what we want to do in business is making the decision, is it really a business or is this just a hobby? Is this something I'm playing around with? When we decide it's an actual business, there's no turning back. We will fail our way to success. And I'm not saying the business has to be an absolute failure and you have to go a second, third time. I'm just talking about incrementally through the whole thing. My father, business guy, corporate guy, he has friends on Wall Street. He's taught us, me, my brother, my sister, the difference between the guys that long-term have money and the guys that don't are the guys that know when to get out. So he has a friend and his friend, friend's name is Nick. Uh, I remember going to New York City as, I, I don't know, I was probably my teen years, mid, late teens. Man, that family, I mean, it was a limousine everywhere in New York City. We had the best seats to all the shows, etc. And I remember asking my dad, I said, are we poor? And he said, why do you ask that? I said, man, what a lifestyle here. Besides that, your friend, Nick, why do you guys call him Nick the Pig? And my dad said, well, Nick stays in a deal so long. I mean, long after he should get out because he wants all of it. He wants as much gain as he can get. And a lot of times he'll go broke. He stays in a deal so long. There's nothing wrong with getting out of a deal. I use the phrase all the time. I use it with my brother. You know, call it. Just call it. Call it is, you know, say when we need to get out, where we're at, what's going on. You shouldn't stay in something that you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. If you're not seeing the progress, it has to be measurable. It has to be definable. And you've got to put a timeline on it. you got to know where you're going. And just like I talked about earlier in a business plan, a business plan is a living document. It's going to change. You know, we're, we're at point A and we're going to Z and we think this year we're going to get through A, B, C, D, and E. Well, when we get there and it, it takes us down this path that's profitable, we're enjoying it, we like it, hey, that document can change. I mean, so we, we get to the end of year one and going into year two, you know, we're going this way. And, and that becomes our new direction, right? Nothing wrong with that. So we get into some things, may or may not be financial. It might be people-related. It's not working the way we think it should. Hey, call it. Call it. Say, you know what? This isn't going the way I thought. Let's get back on track. We need to adjust. You learn some things, and that's what I'm calling failing your way to success. 
Occasionally, it's a business we're in, and this thing isn't what I thought it would be. You know, let's get out of this, and let's do something else. Let's change it up is typically the case. Hey, there's a, there's a million ways to do any one thing. I could take 10 computer programmers, put them in a room, give them a simple problem. They would all get the right answer, but all 10 of them would get there a different way. There's no exact path. There's some fundamentals that don't change, and we need to figure out what those are early on and go down that path. If it's not working, adjust. Don't be afraid to adjust. Don't be afraid to change. As a business person, you will get the respect of other business people because they know what it's taken to get there. And when you're there or you're on the path, the camaraderie is we have all failed our way to success. You've taken the knocks. You've taken the bumps. You've been through the stuff. You know, you're there. You're there, and I don't mean at the end of the rainbow. I mean, whatever you've done to that point's gotten you where you're at, if you will. You know, so figure out, is a business, is it a hobby? And then what resources do you need to get there? What's that mean? Resources, several things, you know, money comes to mind. Financially, what, what kind of commitments does it take? We can talk about that. Personnel, what's it take? What's the positions? You know, knowledge. What I need to know going into this. Just those three things. You know, people, knowledge, finances. I, I, I could consume, you know, a whole week of your time just talking about it. Letting alone putting it all into place. That's going to take some time. But map it out. Write it. If it's not written, it doesn't exist. So let's write out these things. Let's write out the process. And when I say write out the process, we talk about failing, we talk about change, the process can change, all these parts can change. You know, they are going to change. But write it out, very important. In talking about resources, let's talk about people. Hand in hand with people is education. So I need a marketing person, I need a finance person, I need an operations person guess what you're it you're all of those things when we when we get technical in a business there's thing called an organizational chart and i hear people talk about organizational chart had a buddy of mine talking to me this week yeah he said i'm doing an org chart i said is that a functional org chart or is that a personal organization chart he said what's the difference I said, there, there's a big difference. When we're starting out in business and we've got this organizational chart, we take it from our process flow, flows through there. Here's what's going. We've got if-then statements. If, if it does this, then we're going to do that. And all these things, the process flow. Who's involved at all these different points? Okay, we got the CEO, the president up here. He's overseeing it. Below him, who is it? Well, we've got the VP of production and finance and marketing. And, okay, that would be a functional organization chart when we've got these positions. The personal organization chart is, let's fill names in now in all those positions. Who is the president CEO? Who is the VP of marketing, the VP of sales, the VP of finance, the 
Who, who's doing all these functions? I talk about this frequently, education. So on day one, most people can't afford to hire all these people. We, we can't afford in our business, I can't afford a top-notch marketing guy, a sales guy, a CEO, a, S, a SEO, social media. I, I can't afford them all. So what are we going to do? We're going to wear that hat. We need some education. My suggestion to you is find someone that has done what you're doing. And better yet, if you can get a mentor, if there's someone willing to help you, you can probably find an older guy like me that's been through the business or something similar to what you're going into that can tell you about those pitfalls about some of the stuff they've been through, some of the changes they've had to make. And it can save you time. It can save you money. It can save you a lot of heartache and save you some failure. Getting someone to mentor you, just get someone that is trustworthy, someone that's successful, someone that's got good character, morals, et cetera, someone you want to follow. No shortcuts here. You know, it's all process. That is one of the key things I've learned. And even now, as I'm mentoring people, I have mentors. I've got three right now. I've got a business coach and I have two mentors that are in my profession. They're far smarter than me. They're more experienced than me. They're more technical than me. One guy is really on the business side of what I'm doing. The other guy is more of a technical guy in what I'm doing. And then my business coach, he pulls stuff out of me that I can't see myself. And it's everything from confidence to uh, processes, etc. Initially, when you're going in to business, one of those key resources is investing in yourself. And you may say, hey, I don't, I don't have the money to get a coach today. Okay, read a book. Let's get a book. Maybe someone can recommend reading to you. Maybe it's technical at the point in your life or in your business, or maybe it's just self-help, working on yourself. I was talking to a friend this week, and he had got a phone call to really mentor, meet with, teach a couple guys in the business he's in. And he talked and said, hey, you know, I'm willing to meet with you. Let's set over a cup of coffee and figure out what's going on. He sat with them, and he asked the two guys, two partners, what's going on? What's up with your business? And they said, we're just stagnant right now. He said, stagnant, what do you mean? He said, it's just, it's a slow time. I mean, financially, we're just not moving. We see other people around us in our same business, in our same market. They're thriving, they're growing, they're going forward. We're stagnant. And my buddy asked, he asked the first guy, he said, let me ask you something. What's your personal goal? And the first guy said, well, I don't really have a personal goal. I'm all about business. He asked the second guy, what's your personal goal? And he said, uh, five million this year. And he said, five, five million. The guy said, yeah, we want to do five million in gross revenue this year. Yeah. That's not what I asked you. I asked you what your personal goal is. Well, I don't really have one. Okay. All right. My buddy turned to the first guy. He said, what book are you reading right now? I said, well, I'm not really a reader. He asked the second guy, what book are you reading? He said, well, I read the Bible. My buddy said, that's great. But let me tell you what's wrong with your business. You guys are stagnant. Your business, your people are going to follow leadership. You need to get some new blood. It needs to be a river flowing through your business. Stay excited. 
Get engaged. Invest in yourself. That's the best thing you've got. And it's the only thing you can count on every day is you. It's important. It's really important. What are you reading right now? Who are you hanging out with? You know, who's mentoring you? Those are those are top of mind questions. So get that mentor that can show you the path. And then the next thing, I talk about this frequently. It's so important is your process. Get a pen and paper, get on your computer, however you want to do it, but map out what's happening in your process. Get a flow, and this will constantly change. Get a flow of what you're going through, the if-then statements, you know, if if my business takes a turn here in the process, then we do this, or if it doesn't, we do that. You know, what's that look like? Once you've got that flow going from A all the way to Z, then your process gets outlined. So here's what we do. If you're in a sales organization, somehow you generate that lead, right? You may have my business. I've got 37 different lead sources, okay? A lead comes in. What do we do with that? You know, what's the next step? What are we doing? What you'll find is as you write this process, Two things become very apparent and important. So I write the process from A to Z. Here's what we do. And then I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it with my assistant. I'm looking at it with my mentor. The two things that are critical we go through here. Is this our process? Oh, we forgot something. Let's add that in. Let's get more detailed on the process. And then let's figure out who's doing this part of the process. Well, initially I was doing it all. And then I got an assistant. The first critical thing is I went through there and said, where do I have to be in my business right now? I don't have 500 people in my corporation. I don't even have 10. Where do I have to be? And what can someone else do in this process? So the low-hanging fruit, the obvious ones are, uh, do I need to be answering all the calls? No, I don't need to do that. What about my email? Well, no, I don't need to do that. The PA, the personal assistant can do that. Maybe it's a virtual assistant can do that. What about sending the email out to my contact before I see them? Well, we added that to the process. It used to just be, let's call them, let's schedule an appointment. Okay, it's for next Thursday. I show up next Thursday at whatever time and meet with the client or the potential client. Well, What if we send them an email first? There's some stuff you can't say about yourself. If you tell them how great you are, everybody's rolling your eyes. Oh, yeah, great. This guy thinks he's the greatest. But your assistant, your friend, somebody else can tell the truth about you, about your accomplishments. By the way, find something that's unique about you that's an accomplishment. We can't lie. We don't want to stretch the truth. But... Let's tell them about it. If you don't tell them, they're not going to know. In the construction business, one of the problems we have is we're not very educated. If you've got some kind of formal education, tell them. If you're on a committee, tell your clients. If you're instrumental in writing part of the Florida Building Code, tell your clients. Let them know. And 
you're not going to tell them. Your assistant's going to tell them in an email, etc. So we found by putting that email in, we have more success in our business. Closing ratio, meaning clients chose us over other people. That number, that percentage went up dramatically. What else can we do? I found sometimes between the time of scheduling and the actual meeting, stuff happens. I mean, it's life. People get busy. You know, the son-in-law fixed the problem. Oh, we've decided that, you know, we're going to sell our house. We no longer need you. I mean, these things happen. We found the morning of, doesn't matter if I have 10 appointments, if I have five appointments, the morning of, first thing in the morning, a text message goes out. It's just a little reminder. Hey, looking forward to meeting with you today. Hope your week's going great. I'll text you with a heads up when I'm headed your way. We found that 90% of the time or more, they text back, go, great, looking forward to seeing you. Occasionally, rarely, but on occasion, oh, I've got a doctor's appointment. I'm not available until after. And they plan for the time. If we set the time at 3 o'clock, I'm not available till after 3. Well, that means I can't run early. I've just found that out. So if I'm running early in my schedule, let's go do something else before we go there. Or the occasional, hey, issues taken care of, you know, no longer needed. I don't have to waste my time, energy, gas, whatever it is going out there. We can go do something else. These are little things in your process. One is let's improve the process when we write it out. What can we do better? Constantly ask yourself, what can I do in my industry that no one else in my industry is doing? That should be a constant question. Constant. Come up with something. Keep it fresh. Keep it new. Keep it simple. Who in your industry is sending out the email? Nobody. Who in your industry is sending out the text the morning of? Nobody. Who in your industry is physically writing a card you can call a thank you card if you want. Put something unique in there about your client. You know, be genuine. You know, it was a pleasure meeting with you, etc. What would that do for your business? What about the follow-up? Is follow-up part of your process? How often are you following up? We changed that. We changed how often we follow up. Great for business. Just great for business. It's perceived by the people that want to do business with us as customer service. You guys are exceptional. You're over the top. It's all these little things. Where do you need to be? What do you need to be doing? What can someone else do? That's one thing. And then what can we add to the process? You know, really two steps. Very vital, very important. Financing and funding. <laughs> How are we financing this thing? And again, when you get started not having resources for all these people you need, you're wearing all these hats. That's great. What about the actual money it takes to put in? So this is, this is very key to starting the business, and it's the way I prefer to start. And through hard work and success, we're in a little different place where we've got the luxury of perhaps building the platform and putting the people in place before we ever turn a buck, before we've ever got that income. But starting out as a young entrepreneur we don't typically have that luxury and we're looking at people asking, well, how in the world do I get there? How do I have 50 grand to invest? I've got, I've got nothing. I mean, I scraped together a thousand bucks. I scraped together whatever it is, bootstrap, 
Do you know what that word means? Bootstrap means you're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're going to start small, and we need to get those small wins, those small successes, and roll it into something bigger. A great example here, I've got a daughter, my, young, my youngest daughter, is going into real estate. She graduates from college. She has no idea what I'm thinking. She just knows dad's a business guy. And I told her, when you graduate, we'll sit down, let's get together. We sat down, tough time to go into the real estate market as a realtor right now. That's in the back of my mind. I don't want to spew any negative towards her. It's not the only reason I did what I'm doing right now with her, but it's one factor. So I sat down with her and said, look, I've got you doing something else over here. We need to get you to $1,000 a week. She's actually got no expenses, no college debt, no car expense, no, no expenses at all. You just need to support yourself. And I know when I can get her to 1000 a week, I can get her to 2000 a week. I explained to her, let's do this thing over here. It will be a constant flow of income. Then you can go do your realtor thing and not be a broke, struggling realtor. My thought about real estate, I've never been a realtor, but my thought is, like so many professions, if you can struggle through it for two years and you'll get in there and work really hard, you can be successful. Many businesses are like that. Maybe it doesn't take you two years as a realtor. Maybe it takes you longer. I don't know. But let's get in there. Let's have an income and let's do whatever it takes to be successful. I know it takes some investment. The bootstrapping part for you is find something, some niche within your business, preferably, that you can do that's going to give you instant income. It's going to give you instant cash flow for your business. So it's going to be a high profit item within your business. And I'm not necessarily talking about something, a physical product that you sell that may or may not be your business. Maybe it's a service. What is quick turnaround that people are in need of that's profitable? Let's take that income, continue to invest it or make it part of our business over here so that we can grow our business rather than borrowing money. I'm not saying you, you can't borrow money, but let's not start out with huge debt. Let's see the cash flow. And of course, there's a difference between starting a business and buying a business that's currently cash flowing. Another talk at another time, but bootstrapping, let's start out, let's get some income, let's get this thing flowing. I talk about these things more in detail in future segments today. I want you to get out there and just fail your way to success. Proud of you guys. Love you guys.